0: This program provides content related to educational, medical, and psychological topics. As such, listening to the program implies your acceptance of this disclaimer. Hey friends, I've got some amazing new events coming up in October. I will be at the Ancient Mysteries Conference, which will be held in Virginia Beach and online. That is October 7th through the 10th, and my program will be on October 9th. I will be taking you through some of the Edgar Cayce's Egyptian energy healing. And then coming up October 16th, I'm doing a long program online that you can take from the privacy of your own home, where we are going to go through all of the sections in the book including some really powerful healing journeys that we'll take and of course we're going to work with the healing symbols and learn how to do the healing modality so i hope you'll join me and you can find out more by going to pastlifelady.com and click on the events tab for more details see you there Welcome to Healing Arts. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Kerr. Hey, dear friends. So guess what? Mercury retrograde is upon us. And so today we're going to be talking to my friend Bernie, who is an amazing astrologer. We're going to be talking about sun sign karma, but he also wrote a book on Mercury retrograde. And so, of course, we'll talk about that as well. I have historically had some real challenges with Mercury retrograde, but I have learned to come to peace about it because I think of the retrograde period as a time to go within, to go look back at old things, maybe fix them up so that you can prepare to finish them, but not really moving forward. I mean, obviously we still have to live. We still have to go out in the world and do whatever we're doing, but wherever possible, I use this as a time to go back and rethink issues and kind of take a step back in a restful way. And so Bernie has more to say about that, but um, that's just my two cents worth. So anyway, I'm wishing you a wonderful Mercury retrograde. And with that, let's check out my interview with Bernie Ashman. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of Healing Arts. So you know that I love karma. And I love astrology. And so today's guest is answering all of these things that we all love. I've got Bernie Ashman on the show. He's got an amazing new book called Sun Sign Karma, Resolving Past Life Patterns with Astrology. Bernie, welcome to Healing Arts.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here today.
0: Thank you. I really loved your book. Um, And I was reading it and I have to say, I mean, we're going to get into this as we go. But I said, uh, do I know you? because you seem to be knowing things about me and we've never met. It's like, I guess that's the gift of astrology. So tell us, yes. how did you get into astrology in the first place?
1: Well, it was actually back in uh, 1973. I was just, just trying different things in the metaphysical world. And I just happened to be in a bookstore one day and I picked up a book called The Astrology of Personality by a Frenchman, Dane Rudyard. And I was just completely hooked and I never looked back um, it just pulled me right in. And I just uh, kept going from there. It, it's just been a wonderful journey uh, this entire time period. So yeah, but it was it was uh, a real surprise that day, because I really wasn't sure that uh, exactly which path I was going to take. I, I knew I really loved the whole New Age world at that time. But astrology just fit me perfectly the way I like to look at you know, the spiritual part of life and uh, the, the psychological and, uh, and it really, I just thought it was a great tool to be able to help people and myself. So that's basically how I got into it at that Absolutely.
0: time. Absolutely. So you, you've written about past lives before. So how did you start making those correlations between past lives and astrology and bringing them together so well?
1: Uh, well, thank you. Um, I, um, it was really interesting because the first time I started doing charts years ago, I just got the feeling that I was really looking at um, more than one life for a person and even myself. And um, it just seemed to me that the symbolism just spoke not just to this life, but uh, to a lot of our past life challenges that we brought in, but also our talents, And the whole idea to me was integrating what was from the past into the current life so we could get the most out of this particular incarnation. So I was just really lucky in a way. I'm grateful in a way that I was able to pick it up pretty quick and uh, interpret the symbols. And uh, it takes a bit of time, though, to really get comfortable with the language because it's complex in a way. But once you get comfortable with it, and you start to really see what's going on in a in a chart. Um, you can really pretty much separate out from what a person's doing in this lifetime from what they were in the past. So it's just like you say. It's like bringing the two together, just like it's like a cosmic alchemy of some sort to just get the best out of this lifetime. Yeah. yeah.
0: To your point about the talents um when i do past life regressions with people that's one of the reasons why they would have one is because they want to start to remember some of the talents they have in past lives so through astrology do you think that we can understand our charts better and do we bring in your opinion those talents from past lives into our current incarnation
1: yes uh very much so uh to tell you the truth when i first even got into astrology i felt like i was uh practicing or entering something I had done before. It, it hit me maybe a year later, um, maybe six months after I got into it. It just felt like it was a comfortable thing. And I think for a lot of people, I've noticed when I've done charts for them over the years, I've done thousands of them. And um, I've noticed when I start talking about past life talents, people really do connect with that they seem to really understand what I'm talking about, whether they're using it this time around or they're not. But it's helped some people reconnect with what they've done before, Um, bring something new in, but they're comfortable because they've practiced it before. Or maybe they've they've done something related to that before. So yeah, um, it's always been interesting just to bring things up, that some things that people have done in past lives at the same time. So, you know, sometimes when people talk about past lives, they want to say all the challenges that, uh, maybe the karma that we're dealing with, you know, and there's some truth to that. I mean, right. you know, when I look at my own charting, when there were certain things that, yeah, there's certain things that I had to get better at, you know, maybe just get clearer about so I could just get a better way of expressing those things for sure. And, um, yeah.
0: Something I've always wanted to know It's crossed my mind before. Do you believe that when we reincarnate, do we actually carry the same sun sign as the one we've had in the past? Like, do we always have the same sun sign? Do you think, or do do we change, or do we take one that's our favorite that we do several lifetimes? Or what do you think about that?
1: I've always felt, excuse me, early on, that we pretty much attract or we get what we need to get to the um, evolutionary you could say growth that we want to have in this lifetime. And uh, no, we don't. I'm I'm sure we don't get the same sun sign every time. It just so happens that in some incarnations, we are going to have the same sun sign perhaps, but we do get whatever kind of planetary setup that we have. Um, Basically, it's the one that our soul, our, our whole being needs in order to just get done what we need to to just get a better sense like a self-realization or to just get a better you could say evolutionary kind of path that fits us better in this life but no i've been asked that several times i tried to make a point even in the book because um even uh, my publisher asked me that question and i you know i made it very clear you know in the early part of the book that no, we don't get the same sunshine every time. We really don't. It's more like we just get what we need to get to the destination. Hopefully, that we're here to, you know, to fulfill.
0: Right. I, I guess I've thought about it in terms of that perhaps our soul before we arrive. This is just my perception, also from working with clients for a long time and just thinking about things myself. That perhaps we really do have an agenda before we got here and so perhaps we choose the date that we're born based on the fact that we're choosing that astrology astrology for this lifetime to like you said assist us with the mission that we've set out for ourselves in advance of what we want to do in our current life so what do you think of that
1: perfect yeah that's my own philosophy uh that you know sometimes i even wonder you know like on the soul level we even get a glimpse of the chart we're going to have. And it's like, we'll go, wow, this is going to be quite a lifetime. Yeah. And I go, wow, but I'm going to have to also solve maybe this uh, that I'm bringing in that I need to uh, get, you know, just a better, better, better handle on it. But yeah. And I do really agree with you totally that we are attracting what the, uh, particular type of blueprint that charts like a blueprint of what we um need in order to get it all done i I really never have felt that there's good signs or bad signs there's good charts or bad charts it's just the one that i needed or somebody else needs in in this particular lifetime to uh to grow to get to be happy uh to celebrate to get fulfilled um you know, some people think, say, I'm a very positive astrologer, um, but I'm, I'm pragmatic. I mean, I'm pretty realistic that there are always going to be certain themes that are a little tougher, you know, but also they're filled with growth at the same time, those uh, ones that challenge us. So I make a big point in the book, even about, you know, past life patterns I talk about in there, that we, um, we shouldn't judge ourselves. that um, they all... Can be solved. Each uh, each pattern we can get past that. So we certainly can accomplish whatever it is we're trying to do, for sure.
0: That's what I really loved about your book. Um, You know, you the chapters, friends at home and listening. um, You know, we go into each one of the signs. You talk about our strengths, and then you talk about our karmic patterns and challenges. But you're very um, encouraging in terms of like you said, let's not beat ourselves up over this. It is what it is, you know, exactly. and, and how to nurture people into and, and really with the exercises that, and the suggestions that you're making of exactly what we could do to transform and make better the things that our soul chose to learn about in this lifetime. I thought it was super um, valuable and incredibly positive. Um, I had spent some time in india and went down the vedic astrology road and when i read that sometimes i feel like if i read that then i need to go get back in bed because i just may may as well not even bother getting out of bed today and so by contact, i just really loved your approach and your positivity
1: thank you yeah and you know i'm i'm pretty realistic in the book even uh that you know, I name you know, these patterns that are associated with each of the uh, signs, but I have that section that <clears throat> I was really pleased with that I came up with altered perceptions uh, because that's basically what it is. We're get, we, we come to the point where we have an altered perception, how to get past um, a past life pattern or challenge. Th- those patterns can be turned into uh, something very creative um their energies basically maybe we feel a block in a certain way and once we get past it we can release incredible creative energy and um yeah i'm glad to hear your um your response to the book because that's what i was really hoping you know the book would accomplish for sure
0: yeah i loved it so tell us like when you're looking at someone's chart and you're trying to figure out what their patterns are what areas of the chart are you specifically tuning into
1: Sure. Um, there's something called the nodes of the moon, N-O-D-E-S. You know, I'm from the Northeast, and I've lived down South a long time, so sometimes those two languages run together. So sometimes they'll spell something just to make sure somebody knows what I'm talking about. But um, these nodes of the moon are uh, really interesting. The, um, they're always opposite each other. There's something called a north node of the moon in the chart. It looks like a pair of right side up headphones and it has an opposite called the south node of the moon. It looks like an upside-down pair of headphones. They're like a celestial compass. Um, in a way, they're trying to show us the path. If we take it, often we'll stay on the right, you could say, uh, path we need to be on. They're, they're not the only thing in, in a chart, but they're one of the strongest path life themes, both of them, the way they're connected. Mm. The 12th house, The 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 house when you get a chart done, there's these twelve astrological houses based on the birth time, the month, day, and year, longitude and latitude, and it's like how the sky is divided on the day you're born into twelve pie slices. There's houses one through twelve. The twelfth house is like the mothership of past life themes in a birth chart, and uh, if there's planets in there. They often are related to that. Even if you don't have a planet in there like me, there's a way to interpret the 12th house without a planet being in there. Um, but it, it's, it's got a lot to do with our intuitive side, but it often uh, has some footprints, you could say, from our past lives that you can trace back through that. There's always certain planets that you can look at. One of the big ones is Saturn. Usually there's some lessons with Saturn in a chart, um, you could say it, it just shows maybe certain ways that, uh, certain themes that also we came in, in here to work on, just generally speaking, uh, some of these outer planets are always, you could say tied into that. Uh, one of the others is Pluto, how to stay empowered in the right kind of way. And sometimes you can trace that back to some past life themes, what we're here to do. Uh, it's a very big rebirthing planet. One of my clients once said, uh, Pluto is like cosmic composting, taking, she said when I described it to her, that's what she thought of it as, taking something that you don't need anymore and replanning it to get a better thing in this lifetime. And that's often how past life themes work out. They are sort of like that. You're like taking an energy and just working with it and just getting it to work better for you. So that's just a little bit. There's a lot to it. Um, Nobody really paid much attention to the sun sign, which is really interesting. You know, it usually was said, your sun sign is like your ego. Um, It's your ego strength. But you could also say that sign that your sun is in, this is why... I wrote this book and I, the one I published had published by Llewellyn in 2010 uh, sun signs and past lives, your soul's evolutionary path, this is another that was another book I did, but the sun sign, if you really look at it, the sun is giving you the boldness to deal with the past life patterns contained in that sign, so, um, a lot of times people ignored the sun sign as a past life possibility. What I did was step out of the box and took another look at it and just showed, um, in a, in a way how you could actually get a lot of mileage, mileage by realizing some of these past life patterns are tied to your sun sign. And, but you, the, really the, the beauty of the sun, um, is when you, um, get clear about those patterns that that sun sign we have is a bold expression of us we can take it in a new direction so that's part of that explanation
0: i gosh i've got so many things to ask um one thing i wanted to point out you actually invented a a piece of software well something that's been used in software where you actually are able to interpret these past lives on an astrological wheel so how how does that work how did you come up with it and how does that that you've created differ from the typical astrological wheel as we know it
1: that's a great question that's Um, a lot of questions yeah no that's okay um i had written a software program uh, on relationships called Sympaticos for matrix software, but they knew I was really into past lives and they asked me one day if I would like to uh, write the interpretations for a past life software program. So they asked me to send them an outline. Well, the funny thing was one day I was sitting at my computer doing the outline and I had my chart over to my left and I saw this chart, past life chart that day. I had never seen it before. I changed the whole outline and told them i just had invented a past life chart and i'd like to run it by them so they totally were excited about it so this chart when you get a, a regular birth chart on a traditional chart the uh houses one through 12 go uh just like your watch does um uh, they, they uh, run in like a counterclockwise direction when you're looking at your watch the part the uh, chart that I invented is a clockwise house system instead of the first house going on the horizon where you normally find the first house uh, to give you a quick technical explanation when I talked about the 12th house earlier uh, as being the mothership of like our past life themes I made that the rising sign the first house And then the 11th house became the second house. It goes backward. Um, it's retrograding the houses.
0: Oh, interesting. Yep.
1: So my eighth house in my chart, my son, becomes a fifth house son. So it's another way of looking at a chart that interacts with your birth chart, the past life chart. And they play off of each other. So there's a nice rhythm between the two. So, um you know in astrology when a planet is retrograde like it's normally it's not moving direct but it's moving backward through the uh signs yes um i, I wanted try. to
0: mention your book you wrote a book about how to survive mercury retrograde yeah, <laughs> well, really? i'm gonna have the link below so yes tell us about that because i think that's something people need to know
1: <laughs> yeah yeah um mercury retrograde is um such an interesting cycle you know it happens three or four times a year and people you know when mercury's retrograde sometimes they're just going crazy you know it seems like everything we're trying to do gets turned upside down and backward um i had a reporter call me from uh london he wanted to interview me about that book and she said you know everybody over here they always seem to go nuts when mercury's retrograde can you explain it to me so i had written a book you know llewellyn actually asked me to write this book um, they came to me first to write the book. And I said, sure, I'd love to write this book because there's so much confusion. So what I did was I gave some survival tips in the book. Um, I just named them how to, uh, you know, I went through this list. And then I, I also gave the, um, like I did in the, the new book, like an alter perception, how, how to survive the, uh, when I'm talking about survival tips, how to uh, get the best mileage Um, Sometimes you just have to be able to identify what's going on under a mercury retrograde. Usually, you know, when you're in a mercury retrograde cycle, the best thing to do is just take your time and make sure you've planned everything out as best you can. Something still might get fouled up. But if if you're trying to plan something major under a mercury retrograde, it's usually better maybe not to buy a new car if you can avoid it. Um, or a new refrigerator uh, to just wait for mercury to go direct again, because it usually lasts about three weeks. And uh, people are often asking me, you know, when mercury is gonna go direct again, just to make sure they can make the right decisions. I had to do a workshop up in Boston and the only dates they had for me was under a mercury retrograde. So what I did was I just made sure I had double, triple checked everything before I brought, went up there that had everything with me. So I could keep everything straight. So, but the book uh, that I wrote really included Venus retrograde and Mars retrograde also because they they will retrograde, you know, and you know make you think twice about this or that. But Mercury retrograde is one of the most, you know, fascinating cycles uh, that happens during the year. But the main thing to do is just usually is just take your time and just make sure you've really thought things through, you know, on the communication level, because it's such a strong communication planet. So um, that's basically what it has to do with. But that was a fun book to write, actually, to just Mm -hmm. to help people survive. it.
0: I'm sure it continues to be quite popular. I mean, Yes. I think that you made a great point, which I've had to come to terms with that as well. You know, you've got something big scheduled. Well, guess what? You know, we can't just go back to bed and pull the covers over our heads until this passes. You still have to live a life. So you just try to do the best you can. Sure.
1: Yes, that's that's so. right. Thank you. Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I always think of it as. Um, I'm an Aries. So um, I always just think, Oh, this is my technology is going to be going strange. Or sometimes I didn't notice right your grade was coming. And then, you know, I lose a document or something weird happens. And I go, Okay, well, it's just time to slow down. Like you said, I mean, yes. I think pulling back and slowing like, down and reviewing things that you've done before you send them out. I mean, everybody should be doing that anyway. So yes. don't you think there's some value in just embracing it and going with the astrological support that you can receive during those times instead of fighting and beating our heads against a wall i mean
1: yeah no well said and uh you know another thing about mercury retrograde you have to watch out for is trying to be too perfect and one thing i said about you know in the book you know that whole saying perfection can be the enemy of the good so you just have to watch out too. you're not trying to perfect something too much under a mercury retrograde at the same time. It's not like we can stop our whole life for three or four weeks under a mercury retrograde cycle. The main thing is, like you're saying, just to take your time, slow down a little bit, and uh, just make sure you've you know, dotted the I's, cross the T's, as they say, and you've got everything planned as, as best you can. And you know, before you get on the internet, even just watch what you say. (laughs) (laughs) Wish maybe. maybe.
0: Yeah, that's a 24 7, 365 tip, I think, that you've just given everyone. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No matter what the stars are doing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And uh, try to keep a sense of humor under a Mercury retrograde, too.
0: Yes. Oh, whoops. The computer just crashed. Nothing's working. How wonderful. You know, we can laugh or cry, so we might as well have a good time. (laughs) Exactly. Here's something I wanted to ask that I was told many, many years ago about astrology um, is that your sun is like the personality you're bringing forth to the world. Your moon is more the emotional side and that the rising sign is almost like a mask that you're wearing. And that's what the world sees when they first look at you, but it's not necessarily who you actually are. And right. I was wondering what you think of that assessment and why we should, like, let's say we're looking at the newspaper and we want to read, or we want to get on your website, ernieashman.com, and take a look at writings about predictive things coming up in the coming year that we should read sure. all of those for sun, moon, and rising signs. So, what do you think about any of those kind of things?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, um, Carl Jung actually coin that term persona like the mask we wear persona and I, I think it's very true about the ascendant you know the rising sign it is like a lot of times who uh people may see that sign in us like i'm pisces rising uh but my son's sign is sagittarius which uh-huh. i'm a very flowing happy go lucky in a lot of ways i represent that sign really well sagittarian Pisces, a lot of people often for years just saw me very dreamy, uh, very intuitive. And it's true. I, I am very intuitive. And Pisces rising probably has an awful lot to do with that when you look at my whole chart. The other thing about that first house, though, you can never, you no one ever forget uh, with that rising sign, it has a lot to do with our identity, who our self our image, who we think we are. And uh, it is true about the moon. Um, it's more like our inner landscape, our subjective side of life, our moods, our feelings, our instincts. The sun <clears throat> has often been said, and I, I think it's true, you know, it has a lot to do with our, our ego, how our self-expression, and sometimes it is going to come forward a, a part of our, you know, our personality, our creative side. And, yeah, it doesn't mean ego in a negative way, though, it means ego strength to get things done that, that you need to do. If you're an Aries sun sign, you know there's times when you come up with something and you want to follow, you, you want to push it, you know, you've got to get an idea of some sort. It's, it's not being talked out of it too, too quickly. It's like you just have to have that self-confidence of the sun, um, just for example. And um, so no, uh, those meanings are rather true, I feel, that you've described. They work for me that way often describe the sun moon and ascendant as like our first middle and last names of our astrological identity and often it's a good place to start when you're interpreting somebody's chart because they you you start to establish a rapport pretty quickly with somebody you'll connect with them fast through that because they you know we use it a lot it's not the only thing we use there's so many themes in a the chart you know i mean the universe when when i look at a chart even now i'm Totally amazed that the universe can work through us in so many different ways. You know, I, I've done thousands of charts and I've seen some charts that are very similar, but they're very different people the way they make these we make our choices. Uh, freedom of choice, it's a big deal. So, yeah, Absolutely. does that make sense?
0: Oh, yeah. I, I've got Scorpio rising. So it's interesting okay. when you're saying you're Sagittarius, so you, we're fire signs, but we are presenting these watery aspects to the world yes. it does make you feel at times that people really don't actually know who you actually are unless they really know you you know
1: that's true and that that was um, has been very true of me over the years uh you know sometimes people just i was really surprised that people still perceive me the same way it's like snap out of it
0: <laughs> yeah. i'm over anyway. here i'm having fun come on <laughs> it's not as dreamy as you think it is
1: exactly yeah for sure other
0: question I have, I guess I've always wanted, because you are such a great astrologer and people, we need to go to bernieashman.com. You're going to see all of these amazing resources, readings he does, all of his books, incredible. So I wanted to ask um, someone who I respect, okay, I'm on the cusp of Taurus. So I've had readers over the years say, you almost changed your mind <laughs> about this obnoxious Aries personality that you're having and I'm also wondering about so when people are on the cusp is it true that the chart progresses during the life cycle so that like at this point in my life now that I'm finally getting more mature that hopefully I'm getting a little more grounded is that where you really can pick up the personality yeah. of the sign that's preceding you if you are on a cusp
1: sure yeah uh, my wife was is a uh, right at the tail end of gemini if you if her chart was a couple minutes more she would have been in the sign cancer but she is the one of the strongest gemini's you would ever meet uh but she does have gemini rising also but she's she's a sun sign gemini all the way Um, so it's really interesting sometimes somebody is uh often people are born very late in a sign, but they are still so strong in that sign. But if you get into uh, these progress charts, like I'm a Sagittarian in 16, uh, well, actually when I was around age 29, my sun sign would have changed into Capricorn. And for the last 16 years, I've had the progress sun in Aquarius. Um, That secondary sun sign is really important though, because somehow we do express it we really identify with it as well. You know, it's really interesting. The birth chart is a strong chart. It's a root, It's the root, it's a the birth chart, it's that blueprint. We are gonna express that birth chart in so many ways, but you make a good point because as time goes on, if you get a progress chart done, like where is your sun sign now? You're gonna pick up this secondary sun sign as well. Um, it, it's very, very true. And if you're in Taurus right now, it is an Earth sign, which would be very grounding, uh, like you say. So I'll tell you, when my sun sign went from that uh, Sagittarius that wanted to try everything, uh, you know, it's one that wants to try all these multiple paths. When it hit Capricorn, uh, oh. when I was around 29, that's when you get that Saturn return. Also, I never felt so grounded. Uh, I felt like something just dropped anchor in me, yeah. and it was a, it was an amazing feeling uh, to have that kind of focus come in to Earth. My my parents were both Earth signs, and uh, sometimes I knew they looked at me and wondered, "Is this kid ever going to grow up?" You know what <laughs> I mean? Who is
0: this guy? Yeah,
1: right, right. They, <laughs> Who is they, our they, son? We don't but know. But they us. were wonderful. They were very patient, but <laughs> I could tell sometimes they were a little puzzled. <laughs> but it was what's interesting when I picked up in Earth Sun um it, it was it, like you saying it, it's a very grounding experience for sure it just structures you in, in a different sort of way you take an earth sign person all of a sudden they start to switch into a different sign say uh, a taurian becomes a gemini as time oh, goes yeah. on and all of a sudden their mind might speed up or they always wanted to be a writer and all of a sudden they want to get into writing uh, they want to travel more. or It doesn't mean they didn't do that while they were a Taurus, but it just seems like their brain just gets a little bit more tweaked that way or stimulated that way. So, yeah, that secondary Sun sign is still a very important part of our existence, for sure. When I invented the past life chart, um, there was a, a lot connected to uh, that progressed Sun that I have in Aquarius. It's a very inventive sign at the same time. So. Yeah. yeah,
0: I think about, you know, the year that everybody's been having this pandemic, we've been locked uh, up and I just right. I spend a lot of time just thanking God that this didn't happen to me when I was younger because I could not have handled it. And so no, I, I don't yeah. know if that's the Taurus energy coming in or it's just called maturity. <laughs> I don't know. But um, yeah. yeah, you know,
1: no, you're right. Yeah, I, I you're, you make a good point. I really feel for a lot of these kids. I, I mean, can't.
0: I just my heart breaks for them
1: yeah it does it's gotta and be parents, so hard and it's hard on the parents you know to to just watch them deal with this and the parents are dealing with it and then they have to watch the kids deal with it so yeah i i feel for them i know it would have been hard for me i have a moon yes. in aries i was a restless kid
0: <laughs> yes well yes
1: <laughs> yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know it's an interesting thing um i i've always just found the astrology to be so much more valid because to me the astrologer tells you things based on things that are being read that no intuitive can really know about a person you know and that's why i've always found a lot of value in it
1: yeah yeah for sure um yeah me too uh yeah sometimes what i you know for me uh, i usually try to customize a chart to help somebody i've been doing this so long because it's not for me to tell somebody necessarily how they're supposed to live their life. It's more, you know, when somebody comes to me with a problem or a question about a relationship, their career, I try to give them enough options so that they can see the way out of it. Uh, most of the people who come to me are pretty independent anyway. A lot of them are. So it, I'm not trying to tell them necessarily what to do. But the beauty of astrology is it's such an amazing tool, you know, to just see you know, how you might be able to just guide somebody like you as an intuitive or anybody, you know, to just, that's what they're really people are often looking for, or to just get some confirmation that they're making the right decision. And uh, I can usually tell by the cycles that somebody's, I can tell by the cycles that somebody's in right now, or where they're heading um, about timing the decision. Uh, I'm often used for that by people. So I like being used that way, actually.
0: Yeah, it's very wonderful. Your work is amazing. Uh, I love the new book. Friends, you've got to pick up a copy of the book. We will have the links below and also uh, Bernie's book on Mercury Retrograde and others. He's got an author page, several books, all awesome and completely wonderful. I'm just wishing you tons of success with this and all your endeavors. And also friends, check out his website, bernieashman.com. Because you give readings and all kinds of things, so
1: sure. highly
0: yeah. recommended. Highly Thank recommended.
1: That's a wonderful interview. Thank I you. really enjoyed.
0: It. <laughs> I enjoyed it as well.
1: Thank all right, you.
0: friends, check out Bernie's website, and we will see you on the next episode of Healing Hearts.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. I hope you're having a wonderful week, so enjoy your Mercury retrograde, take care of yourself, and I can't wait to see you on the next episode of Healing Arts. Hi friends, Dr. Shelley here. Guess what? You're not going to believe this. I have another book coming out from Llewellyn Worldwide. It will be out on December 8th. And it's called Blast from the Past, Healing Spontaneous Past Life Memories. So earlier in the 2000s, I wrote a book series, which I have discussed on the Healing Arts podcast about a phenomenon I call Supretra Spontaneous Past Life Memories. This is when we're trying to mind our own business and yet we're hit with this picture thought or feeling about something that happened to us in the past this was happening to me all the time while i was traveling to other places and what i found through my research is that i truly believe this happens to every single person alive the book has some incredible endorsements from people like coast to coast's george Norrie and others and it would mean the world to me if you will go out and pre-order my book so that you can have it before the holidays when it comes out on December 8th. So check out Blast From The Past, Healing Spontaneous Past Life Memories, now available in pre-order on Amazon.com. And thank you so much for your support. Namaste.